The Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's defeat away at uh, the Emirates today, lunchtime uh, kick-off. Um, I was hesitating to say it, Luke, but it was a 5 0 defeat. So let's let's get it out there already, right? Yeah. Look, here we are in the Anglesey Arms in uh, in Bromley. Just uh, my first sip of pint of Guinness. That's a lovely pint of Guinness. Fantastic. Big enough here for this one here. We have to have a few more of these here, I think, bruv. But um, yeah, look, let's uh, get stuck into this. Obviously, a not a uh, a very good result for Palace. Um, such has been the case for a period of time now for Palace uh, with the, the results as of late. So um, yeah, a five 0 defeat. I guess we can talk about it. We have to, I guess. Oh yeah, but, yeah. To be to be fair, it's one of those ones where you're like, oh, do you do a pod? Do you not do a pod? But actually, I think it's important to do a pod now because there's the cathartic element to talking about mm-hmm. talking about the game and you know the the how how the fallout from it, I guess, and how it's going to yeah. sort of carry on from here. But similarly, you know, in the build up to this game, there was a lot of talk about the midweek game Wednesday night yeah. and. Obviously, you know, Palace were away at Everton in the in the FA Cup. There was the element of it was a replay, so you know, you, you think kind of the the opportunity for us was in the first leg, particularly with the ten men of the last 10, 15 minutes, whatever it was, um, and we didn't take it. And then you know, you've got an away game, Everton, uh, where there's kind of a number of hours of, of travel, so um, you know, you're not going to go to the early hours of, of Thursday. And then you've got a Saturday lunchtime kickoff, right? So you've got very little time to prepare and to recover. So there was a lot of talk in the week about Roy's decision to take off Ezra and, yeah. you know, uh, whether or not people, other people should have come on earlier uh, to give um, Palace a bit more of an impetus and the like. But we, we didn't go to the game, right? Let's be honest, we didn't go to the game. Not seen, Couldn't even watch it. Couldn't even watch it. <laughs> so we, we, we can't co- comment on the 90 minutes, but... I must say, from the highlights I saw, it looked like Palace were relatively competitive and had some pretty good opportunities. I think the reaction to to it from people who were there and others seems to have more been about the fact that they didn't feel we gave it enough of a go. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to a couple of people who did go to the game, uh, and I've watched the highlights like you, and I managed to listen to the last half an hour of the game on the radio as well, which, nice to say, I've said this before, I actually quite enjoy listening to the radio mm. these days. You know, I think the fact that we're, you know, we've bemoaned our, our time in the championship for many years where we couldn't, you know, if Palace weren't playing, you'd struggle to get a radio stream, let alone a stream yeah. now. But so now, but, you know, we're almost spoiled as a fan base. Well, I shouldn't say that, should I, given Roy's recent comments. But um, given the fact that, you know, we can, we can watch all the games, but... Yeah, I think Paddis were the better team, from what I understand, um, and had you know the, the goalkeeper, Everton's goalkeeper, second choice goalkeeper. I don't, I don't know his name. Uh, had he not pulled off a couple of blinding saves, and uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta had, had finished a couple of his chances, we might be here sitting talking about a different game or a different situation. I think the fact that Paddis's results of late have been so poor, people were clinging on hope for a cup run. You know, to, to just lift the fan base a little bit and give us a bit more something to, to cheer about. I think the fact that that didn't happen has sort of aided to the, the general negative narrative around the club at the moment yeah, and the negative yeah. feeling that, that, that's happened at the moment. Um, and look, today's result, I guess, has compounded that even more so. So, look, we're British, we love to moan, uh, we've got something to moan about. But it's, it's been there for a while, hasn't it, in terms of that 
sentiment building about where Palace are heading and you can pot it all the way back to the summer you know Wilf left Palace were very inactive in the transfer market you know we signed a Brazilian talent or supposed talent who was going to be the next big thing but certainly wasn't an immediate Wolf replacement we basically didn't replace Wolf so our best player left and it's been well documented and you know spoken about in terms of Palace's uh, absence in the market uh, in that sense and what it left us with to work with and actually it's it's I guess this is where the frustration comes right because off the pitch you look at it there was an opportunity to push on and Parrish was talking about doing so and there was talk from Hodgson about doing so but you can only work with the tools you're given right and if your tool bag is relatively empty or limited you're only going to hammer in nails you're not going to be able to do up your screws tightly great analogy but you, you, do, you, do you know what I mean it's just the, the fact is the fact is that that we haven't had the tools to work with and Hodgson's yeah. been working with two hands two feet ten toes you know everything tied behind his back and and I understand the frustration absolutely and but it, it's we can have frustrations but we have to focus on what are the constructive actions that can be taken what do we expect to be seeing you know sack the board sack the manager if people want that then fine but what's the answer what's the alternative what is the thing we should do so if we sack Roy Hodgson who are we bringing in who doesn't get us relegated and that's the bit I struggle with Bit what you were saying, I like your talk box analogy there, Rob, and it's almost like Roy's got his DeWalt uh, drill. The suppliers, do you think? The, well, I think his DeWalt charger is, or DeWalt drill is isn't, isn't, isn't very well charged. Or Look, I, I think it's expectation versus reality, isn't it? The fact is, programme notes, first home game in the season, I think Arsenal at home, uh, we talked about, and Roy talked about, and Steve Parrish talked about finishing the top 10. So, therefore, that yeah. sets people's expectations. Yeah. Albeit that was that was before the end of the transfer window, so perhaps they both had hoped that uh, money, more money was going to be available and that more players were going to be brought in. That didn't happen, <laughs> as as has often been the case. And I think also a part of it is that Roy is a victim of his own success in a way. The fact that that I think that the board know that he can do a lot with not a lot yeah. and the fact that they think that well hang on you know there's very little chance of us being relegated with this bloke in charge so we don't therefore need to go and spend you know a lot of money and I think that that is generally the feeling from perhaps from the, from the people with the purse strings uh, and the fans and, and the boy sort of bears the brunt of that because the buck stops for the manager it always has been that way always will be that way Um I do think it's kind of harsh that you know that he is um, getting so much stick at the moment, but the results haven't been kind. Uh, the performances, uh, I don't think they've they've been indifferent, bro. Yeah, they've, 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 they've not not been great. Yeah, but they've 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 not been consistent. But that, I guess that's what you've got when you have injuries to such key players. You have Michael Lee saying Eze out for such a long time. Check to Corey, who's obviously been a huge miss for us. He's, he's been that's out it, now. Do you, do you wonder on him if we didn't realise just how important like we, we knew he was massive for us, but just how massive now? Look at the team. I mean, his yeah, replacements yeah. Will Hughes, right? Who puts himself around, you know, gets stuck Chris in. And, and Chris Richards, they've, they've done a job, right? But the level is completely mm. different, right? And, and and that's the thing that it's. The frust- it's a frustration, mate, because if I think back to Leeds away last season, we were absolutely on fire, right? And Wilf didn't play that game, did he? 
it was a Lee Say and Eze right. show, yeah. right? That's when Lee Wolf was injured, but he got mm-hmm. injured against Leicester, didn't he? Yeah. I think it was Eddie up front and, and, and Lee Say and Eze. So you, you can look at the team, you're like, oh, okay, they can do it, but it's the tools at your disposal. It's not playing those same players week in, week out. It's having those players not injured or, or not carrying injuries like Eze is at the minute. And it's just, this is the thing, like, it, it, this is the season of could have been. Yeah. And and the biggest bit that gets me about the Roy situation is actually probably more of a personal one than than anything is that the respect I have for Roy is is massive as a, an individual, as a professional, someone who's hasn't he managed is it four different nations in six different countries? Like this man, if you're talking about someone who's the top 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 of football, is him, yeah. and we are very fortunate as Crystal Palace to have had him in two reigns at the helm but at the same time there's an element of disrespect to him in giving him or not giving him the things to work with and unfortunately I kind of wish we hadn't brought him back in now because it's souring things it's giving things a bit of a taste that you don't want to have when it kind of signed off when it was heading this way last time round when the ageing squad was in place when they needed to spend some money investment they bought Vieira and did so Hodgson came back and he inherited that and look at the Leeds the Leeds game being the example of that or even the Leicester game before that, we were brilliant. Oh, mate, yeah. that, that, that was a, that was a highlight of the Leeds game. You know, there were other results as well in that that, that six game run that we had in the, end of the season. Was Leicester the first one when he came in with yeah. the shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had thirty goals in the first it. first. Yeah, the fact that we had a shot on target in in what was it four games before then or two games before then. But yeah, look, I understand what you're saying. I, part of me wishes that obviously we haven't brought him back in the summer. I think obviously in March we needed to, and he 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 yeah, he, he, yeah. he stopped the rot. Then he kept us up. I do think that under the inexperience of Patrick Vieira and his inability to manage games and see games out um, which is ironic I think because we've conceded more goals in the last sort of, 20 minutes of games than anyone else this season but I think that in that period of time he came in and stopped us from being relegated and, and, and took us towards safety I still think this season even if we don't strengthen the transfer window which I think we will do at least two players from what Roy was saying in the pre-match press conference um I still think we'll be fine. I still think we will stay up. It won't be pretty, but we will stay up. But I understand what you're saying, brother, about you know wishing you hadn't brought him back. The selfish part of me, obviously, like I said, because I think he'll keep us up. I'm pleased that he did come back, but also, yeah, there's, there's there are a vocal minority of the, of the fan base which is being picked up on social media, picked up in these echo chambers of Twitter and Instagram and things like that, uh, and and they're being elevated to be a uh, a status quo which which I don't think is the case which is what you're saying that Palace fans want Hodgson out yeah right but at the same time I'm, I, I don't have a problem with that because people can have opinions yeah. and, and, I, and I know you agree with that but I think the question is what are we going to do then I mean okay so <laughs> Graham Potter was spotted in the crowd today right if he is our next manager if that is the answer you're going to need to spend lots and lots of money to take it forward so there's two questions there one is he the man to do that at this point in time in a relegation dogfight do we want to put our trust and faith in him I suggest not because track record is not that he's got track record of bringing going onwards upwards yeah like he did with Brian the other question is are Palace going to spend the money in January to do that the answer to that is no we know that they're not going to do that there's going to be a couple come in maybe a loan here and there but it's not going to be that and the question for us as fans is actually probably more to the board 
and it's not sack the board from my perspective. How do you sack not, a board? It's not actually, not actually, it's not actually possible. But, um, but you know, it's the question to the people who invest and own Crystal Palace: is where are we going? Where are we heading? And what's the plan? The other thing I know it to this is, bruv, minds own business. They could say to the fans because actually the fans don't have to be privy. It's like saying to, oh, going to be a terrible example here. Maybe uh, lost shop what boots. <laughs> Saying to the boots, boots. I'm a fan of boots. What's the plan? What's the strategy? Like, <laughs> no, you don't they take car away, mate? You know, you got. You know, I don't, I don't care. I don't care that you buy uh, so much original source shower every week. It doesn't matter. No, when you moisturise your butt. It's a terrible analogy because actually you're not a fan of boots. Maybe I am. But do you know what I mean? First, we drunk. It's 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 the, 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 card. the dynamic is that I've got enough advantage points. <laughs> the, the dynamic is that. Actually, you know, Crystal Palace owners need to have the, the the plan in place, regardless of what we need to know in here. As fans, I guess we feel a, a right to understand. No, we have no entitlement. That is the thing, right? So you like to hope that somewhere within all of this, and we need to talk in a second because, as well as Graham Potter being shown on the telly, they cleverly didn't show, and I don't know if they didn't show because they didn't know. That it looked like John Texter was sitting sitting next to Dougie at the game, who was next to Bright. So they showed Parrish, then Bright. They didn't show Texter and and Dougie. So and then someone also next to Bright, and there's Bright behind. Bright behind, yeah. I think I think it might have been Harris. I think it might have been Harris. I don't don't know what they look like. But but a couple of points there that I just want to pick up on, right? The boots point or super drug point? Well, I say more more super drug than boots. But there's been only, I think there's been, first off, I'll go to the Roy Hodgson point around sort of replacing him. If you're in a relegation dogfight, regardless, I mean, taking aside the Watford situation, who do you appoint? You appoint Roy Hodgson or Tony Pulis or Sam Allardyce or something like that. And I don't think that Pulis or Allardyce are available at the moment. So Roy Hodgson's your man to keep you out of that relegation dogfight. And two, going back to talking about Potter and investing in the squad, I think that... You know, how many times have, have the current ownership of Crystal Palace really invested in the squad? There was once under Sam Allardyce when we really thought we were, yeah, when we yeah. thought we were really going down, and there was obviously the spree on PVA, Schlupp, who else came in? Sacco, uh, no, no, was that, it might be Sacco, yeah, the defenders, yeah, Sacco, yeah, I think so. Um, and then the other time was uh, when Vieira's first, when Vieira first came in. Um, when we had the mass exodus yeah, of what was it, eleven players, or yeah, it was, yeah, and we had, yeah, and we had to make, we had to we physically didn't have enough players, so we had to bring players in, and we, yeah, like you say, Gay, Anderson, at least say, um, obviously as there was a the season before, but we, I, I feel that the, the board only act when they actually have to, which brings me back to my point earlier that we probably don't need to at the point because Roy will keep us up, but you're 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 somewhere like you're playing with fire because there is there is every situation or every chance that in this situation. Roy at 76 years old or old as he is I think he might be 76 years old might turn around and say you know what sod this this is this is hard work you know um, more more hard work than I expected it to be because you promised me X and I'm working with Y and I don't fancy this anymore so see you later and then Palace are left scrambling around to get someone else in I don't think if you're not going to spend the money on players bruv how much is Graham Potter going to be wanting because he got so, you know, God knows how many millions for a player from Chelsea. He probably doesn't need to work for the next four years. So to entice him out of that, yeah. why why would he come to a Crystal Palace knowing that historically managers don't get backed? It's going to be a tough job for him. Um, you know, it's almost like jumping out of the Chelsea job where he you know was was given so many 
tools and uh, hammers and yeah, nice, nice, nice shiny spanners. But it wasn't, but it wasn't his toolbox, was it? That's the problem as well. But it's never, it's never going to be a toolbox, your toolbox anymore, anyway, because you've got a director of football, and that's that's the way football works these days. So there's there's no such thing as a manager which controls the transfer. But in a a more, in a more um, controlled dynamic, and we had this conversation on a pod when things were not going south, but they were not positive with the Vieira situation. And I think we felt that at the time, a positive move was Graham Potter. I said to you, it was kind of written that, you know, given the, the sort of the Brighton links and the Chelsea move and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was, and I felt at that time, it was a good move. I don't think it's a good move now. If you asked me in the summer coming up, if Palace were going to invest some money, and therefore, you know, so say, say then, say fast forward to, all, to, to June, July time, whatever, you know, Premier League safety secured, Hodgson, you know, we've given him a, uh, a nice farewell, and then it's about Palace moving on, on from there. I wouldn't be adverse to a Grand Potter now. Some, I know some people say no, but I wouldn't be adverse to it if they're going to back him. Mm. And I, but the thing is, bruv, I look at this and I, and I think hard about who they might go with next. And I think you said this earlier to me. Who is going to come to Crystal Palace knowing that they're not going to be backed? Part of the interview, and an interview is a two-way process, would be, what's, what am I getting? What am I getting from you if I accept this job, you know? Because Roy is probably the only person I can think of who do the job he's doing now with the tools he's got to work with. Yeah, you're right, Robert. And, that, and that's that's the issue I have. I, I can't see many people willing to put up with yeah. that. I'm conscious also. We started this pod saying we were going to talk about the Arsenal game. We haven't actually yeah, yet. Get that. Was no, it going today? Just just a couple of points on that though. I do. I think we do need to talk about it. A couple of things. The first two goals. I am I am very fairly convinced that those first two goals, right? If that was their way round, roles are reversed, and those Crystal Palace scoring those two goals, they won't be given the first one because you can't use someone as a bloody climbing horse. He did and he didn't, no, bruv. I, 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 the first one I'm a little bit less on because I just think Richards didn't gauge the run properly, didn't track him properly. It's very and difficult. Saw, it's very difficult to jump, bruv, when you've got someone with two two hands on your shoulders. I don't think he was pushing down as much as you think he was. Oh, I, don't know. I think he lost him by that point. He was in the air by that point, and Richard just wasn't with him. And I think it's telling they swapped him, didn't they, with uh, Gay? They swapped them around later on. But I'm with you on the second one. The second one, Ben White takes three steps back. People yeah, are saying he's standing yeah. his ground. He didn't. He takes no, three he steps back. He, t- he takes three steps back and sort of pushes his bum into it, but into him, sort of thing. He does it very cleverly. It's 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 a, it's a clever way to do it. But it is a foul. You're impeding the goalkeeper, and that is a foul. And I think if that's the other way around, if that's uh, Joachim Anderson doing that on David Raya, that goal was not given. I agree with you. The, the annoying thing is that's the role of VAR, isn't it, to pick up on those things? And VAR decided it was on as well. So. But he, VAR's, VAR, VAR is still a person who still has a bias uh, and yeah, knows that if you do that to Crystal Palace. Roy Hodgson's uh, remarks in press conferences aren't going to be picked up and listened to as much as Mikel Arteta winding like the little. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think there's an element of frustration there for us, right? In that, I think you're right. If if the shoes on the other foot, it's a different outcome. Um, from there on in, though, bruv, I mean, like I said to you earlier in in a, in a chat over a beer before this, that I just felt the third, the, the second goal for me. Just after that, there were a few moments when. We had opportunities, yeah. you know, whether it was from corners or, or just before corners. Uh, I think of an Eze shot. There was a weak, sloppy shot at some point as well when he could have played yeah. somebody. There was the Mateta one earlier. There, there were enough chances at Palace today, and unfortunately, we just weren't clinical. And if we'd taken our chance, it, it could have been a different game today, but unfortunately, we didn't. And then we're left through in a 5 0. And let's face it, right? 
Roy made the changes that everyone wanted, which is bringing on the youngsters. They had little to zero impact. We got caught on the break. Two goals went in late, late doors. It's 5-0. It looks very, very bad. Having said that, a 3-0 wouldn't have looked great, but it's it's damage limitation at that point, isn't it? And it's unfortunately, we have not limited the damage. No, and there's a couple of... Because I'm conscious we haven't done a pod since December. Just a word on Jean-Philippe Mateta, and he showed it in flashes again today. That player has improved massively yeah. in terms of not so much his goal scoring record but his ball hold up play has been fantastic you know he, he was never a person never a player that you could hit the ball up to and he would hold it up and bring others into play that was always my frustration with him because he was such a big lad he should be able to do that and he started doing that so well now um, and that's a joy to watch I, I really enjoy the sort of the, the physical battle that he provides because he's finally using his attributes to him and he did that a few times today um, and I thought that was good. But I mean, look, this this be honest, there were no times at all today, or very few times at all today, that Palace had opportunities, clear-cut opportunities, where they could could score goals. And you could argue that whilst the uh, subs that came on didn't have an impact, it was probably because the ball wasn't in that final third of the pitch for them to have that impact anyway. Because we're two or three you know, down by that point. Yeah, exactly. I think it's fair. I think I think we did have a, I did have a couple of good chances though. I do think the. In the Mateta one, if he'd managed to, to control his foot like he, he wanted to, yeah, yeah, there, there was a. I think Ezo had a good shot in the second half as well. You know, it, but, but look, we're not we're not talking about guilt-edged chances here. We're talking no. about scraps, exactly. and, and that's the thing today. You know, I went asked him, "You're going to be batting and picking up on on scraps," and we didn't feed on those scraps. Right, we weren't we weren't hungry enough for it. I guess the question in my mind here is right. You know, it's a five 0 We could look at every goal and say this and that I think we're right to say on the second goal but I take your point on the first goal but you know it is what it is we move on from here I guess the question for me is where do we go from here so you know the fan base are quite split I think it's fair to say you know you've seen increasing sentiment and things like today's banner which you, know, you can't disagree with right in the, in the sentiment of you know on and off the pitch on the pitch I would say it's been limited by again carrying on this tall analogy too far but you know what's what's there to work with off the pitch it doesn't seem like well if there is a plan it doesn't seem like we as fans understand or know what it is so the question is we are now the 20th of January where do we go from here like what 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 do you what would you do bro if you're if you're Steve Parrish or you co-invested with Steve Parrish what are you saying we should be doing from here also I feel a bit of a Parrish in this sense because he's not the majority shareholder no. he's purely the spokesman you know, yeah, he's the front fair. man and he takes a lot of flack for that I appreciate but it's the people behind him that want to invest the money and people aren't willing to invest the money then you know he's kind of hamstrung himself also but but look I, I think the ideal scenario for me is that as Roy said in the uh, pre-match press conference that we bring at least two players mm-hmm. I think positional wise we need a Czech decor a defensive type midfielder and a striker mm-hmm. because Edward and Mateta you need you need someone else's competition. I think Ayu's pretty much cemented himself as a as a, as a winger. Um, three, yeah. yeah. So I think I think I think you need someone else to compete up up top. I think in the summer the pressing uh, point becomes a right back because you've got two aging right backs yep. there. So I think that that needs to be addressed. Um, but for the short term, two players at least in January. I'd stick with Roy. I think the dynamic changes slightly given the Sheffield United result. You know, if you if you lose to Sheffield United on the 31st of July of January then we're in trouble bruv I mean that that that's going to be too much 
Uh, I think we're playing Sheffield United and we play Brighton, don't we? I think that's those are the next two games. You're going to bring up BBC Sport and help me out here now. Um, and I'm just going to fill some space whilst it loads up very we're slowly. We're playing Brighton twice, aren't we? We're playing them? No, we're playing them away, aren't we? Why? Yeah, we're playing away. Um, so I think it's... Gonna feel some space here, so, so we're not playing next weekend. No, we're not because it's then Tuesday night, isn't it? The 31st or the 30th. Is it 30th? So, yeah, Sheffield United at home is the um, is the Tuesday, the 30th. Yeah, and then you're, you're right, we've got Brighton away on the, the Saturday, the, the mm. third. I mean, yeah, two massive games at Crystal Palace. We're expected to win, I think, the Sheffield United game. We not have to have to win the Sheffield United, not so much so much the Brighton game. I think after Brighton, it's Chelsea. And then it's Everton and Burnley, I believe. And so there's, there's, there's a period, and then Tottenham after that. So I think there's a period of these next six games or so that Palace really need to pick up some points. And you could feel us, you could see us grounding out results from those picking up points. I'm not going to suggest it's going to be pretty because we haven't got a lot of prettiness to work with. But like you say, if we can get through the the Tuesday, the 30th game at home with a, with a victory, I think that will lift things and get people back on a... A kind of a more positive start and then obviously the, the window's closed by the next point by Brighton so you're hoping yep. we've got a couple of reinforcements like you said I think a central midfield point is, is massive I think we have to strengthen there I mean the team could look very different because you can have Elise back Eza hopefully firing, firing on four cylinders a good central uh, defensive midfielder and potentially you know like you're saying a, an attacking player could look very different Can I throw a spanner in the works here bruv because I'm thinking you know we're here sitting about talking about players to bring in there's every chance yep. you know that players come in that players also go out yep. and whilst I don't expect players like Eze and Elise to go in January I, I think they're more likely than, and Anderson and Gay perhaps those are obviously Palace's key sellable assets they probably might might go in the summer should we get a suitable offer you know it may well be the case that Palace get uh, you know so there'll be some players going out in 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 January yeah, as well, I, I, Palace I, don't need to sell. And well, I mean, we don't know what FFP. You know, we, we only, you only got to look at the Everton and Forest situation recently to know that this is a uh, something which is being scrutinised more and more now. But surely, for every play that you bring in, you know, for every action, there's the opposite reaction, isn't there? So someone's got to go. Um, you know, if you bring players in. So, for example, if you bring a defensive midfielder in, Will Hughes isn't going to get as many minutes is he so do, do you say goodbye to him for example uh, or are we talking a short term situation until the summer well there's a, after today's 11 days in January so if Palace are going to move someone out to bring someone in there either has to be some activity now or a simultaneous action as in we're going to bring in a strong I'm making this up right but a Calvin Phillips and therefore out goes will use to Middlesbrough to help them get promoted you know that sort of dynamic I could see I could also see some of the younger lads going out you know uh, Adam Ola uh, here is, is linked to somewhere in Europe isn't it yeah, is well, Kamari Gordon already went to AFC Wimbledon on loan didn't he which is good for him to see and get some some uh, some minutes out there and hopefully he'll be playing you know I think yeah you're right Malcolm Abue obviously who mm -hmm. I don't know if he was on the bench today as well he might, I think he might have been but you know you'd like to think that these sort of players need to get minutes in their legs don't they because they're not at the moment and that to be fair that's the argument for a Roy replacement from, some, from those shouting for him is that another manager will come in and will play, give these youngsters more time and that may well you know kick them into life and give them the, the boost they need it may also have the opposite effect and you realize that these players aren't cut out for it um it's, I'm, it's, it's tricky ground though isn't it yeah. because if someone comes in what do they want to do points on the board what does Roy want to do points on the board what do you do you don't pay kids for that 
we do not play the young lads. So I do wonder, bruv, if whoever if they if they did make a change, and like I say we're not suggesting that's the, that's needed, but they did. The person's surely going to go over tried and tested, which is what Moy does already. You know, it's it's system though, isn't it, bruv? Because so for example, if you're a manager that comes in and wants to play three at the back, five in the midfield, you might think that you want some midfielders with a mm -hmm. lot of pace. Therefore, you're going to play a Hamadas, you're going to play Frankers, you're going to play these players yeah, that have got a lot of pace. So it depends on what their style is, I guess. I'm with you in the sense that you know I am a fan of a certain age that has watched most of my Palace support in life in uh, the, the, the Division 1 um, therefore you know these are heady days for us in, in the Premier League therefore I am perhaps more conservative in my approach yeah, so therefore that hence why I'm probably more of a pro boy uh, yeah. supporter because you know I, I feel in safe hands with him and perhaps that's why I, I wasn't so comfortable with Patrick Vieira and look, there will be a, a time where we have to lean on a, a younger set of players and managers as well because not every manager you bring in is going to have 45 years of football manager experience like Roy Hudson has but I just think that when you're staring down the barrel of a potential relegation battle like we, we are I don't think we are if I'm honest I think we'll be okay given you know the, the other teams in the league but where we're in that situation I just think that you've got to play play the risk haven't you and, and, and I think that the safest option is a Roy Hodgson that knows how to get results um, with the caveat that they therefore need to give him the ammunition to work yes, with they exactly. need to bring yeah. some he's, people he's in charges drill. <laughs> and we have smashed the urgent <laughs> meetings I think that they do they need to they need. They do need to supercharge it and I think mm. there's an element of being fair to him as well in, in giving him those those extra um, charges to, to do the job and I think you know, you just—it it would be a good story, wouldn't it, for Palace's history as well to have this period, to have them back in, and then to get a chance to see him do that second half of the season on the beach, you know, cruising thing where we're smashing it out in the park, and you know, we're playing a whatever Roy ball is champagne football, bro. Champagne I mean, this, this, this is the thing we think back think, to it, though, mate. We, but this is like, so back in the last season. And I think the first season in Roy, you think about Loftus Cheek, Kabai, you know, when we had those wow. sort of luxury players, right? When we were safe, we were playing outstanding football. Even sort of, uh, was it last season, the, the, the West Ham game that was 4 3? That was, that was crazy, that game. ridiculous game, but it was, wasn't it entertaining? That's probably the most, one, one of the most entertaining games I've seen at Sellers for, for, for a long time. And that's, that's the sort of thing we want to get to. We want to get to a point where we're safe, you know, we can let the, the shackles off, we can play this sort of free flowing football. The argument to that would be that potentially there's managers that aren't so conservative that come in now and play that sort of free-flowing football now, albeit you're playing it at a higher risk because you know you push, you know, eight men up the pitch uh, when you're sort of I don't know one new up and you lose the game one-one, a la Patrick Vieira. <laughs> um, but look, this 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 is this is the balance and this is the situation we're in, aren't we? Certain fans, I think perhaps who have not been watching Palace as long as you and I. And there's no disrespect for them. You know, they've only seen Premier League football and naturally you're going to want to see a progression for that. And I understand that. But bloody hell, bruv. The Premier League is where Palace needs to stay. This is where the money is. You can only see too many stories of Portsmouth's, uh, Middlesbrough's, Leeds, um, Bolton's, clubs that who have been semi-established or established Premier League clubs who have, who have dropped down the league. Sunderland... You know, uh, they've circled the plug over too long, and then how difficult is it to get back up again? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And, it, and it is, this is why the January window is so important. And 
you know, if to answer my question back, if I'm Parish and Co, I'm giving Roy support. I'm backing him in a transfer window. I'm bringing those people in that he needs to um, push us on in the second half of the season to, you know, get those wins. You know, all it would take is a few wins. This is the thing. It would take literally three good results, and everything's very different. And then we're in the middle of February. And then it looks good, and then we can do the cruise in a couple of months. And this is the thing, it could be a very different end of the season. And you will like you will see the likes of France and others because there'll be no worry. We're to look over our shoulders, as as Roy said today in the post match. It's just Yeah, it 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 could be a very good end of the season, and then there's a chance to look forward. Then there's a chance to say, Okay, look, where are we going? Where's this heading? It feels like now is not the time to do that. It feels like now is the time to say, Are we investing? Are we back in? Stick or twist, as they say. There's two schools of thought there, isn't it? I think that there's also the fact that, you know, you win the next two games, Sheffield United and Brighton, especially the Brighton game, you know, you win over, not to say football fans are fickle, but they are, let's be honest. If you beat Brighton, everyone's on cloud nine for the next sort of 10 days or so. But if I was to put a gun to your head and I was to say, right, Roy Hudson, given the fact that if I'm being cynical, right, and, you know, Blitzer and Harris and Browett and whoever they were there today, if that was who was there, they get rid of Roy this evening. Who is the manager that you're bringing know. in? That's the best of all. I don't know. And that's that's the thing I say to the, to the whole situation about change the manager. It's to who? Because I I, 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 I don't think the Potter thing know. is a situation. I don't think Palace can afford Graham Potter. So that's what... I mean, there, there, there are no names that immediately spring to mind, are they? Well, you can name people like Allardyce and those who do with a relegation battle. When was the last time Allardyce was employed? But that's what I mean. West, West Brom? That's what I mean. You're, talking, right? about, you're talking about people who are no longer active in the game mm. you know, bring Pardew back you know all these people who are not active in the game anymore you know and, it, and it's there are not people out there who will do the job that's being done now by Roy I, I don't believe there are but even that the Pardew thing at the time he was in a I don't, I've got to think that's the first time in a long time that Palace apart, well, apart from Holloway had gone for an employed manager Newcastle yeah because he was at Newcastle wasn't he so it, they, they did but, but, but apart from apart from that Obviously, in the Holloway situation, I can't remember Palace going for a manager who was currently employed, and maybe that's down to conservative nature of not wanting to pay or buy someone out of their contract. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's the thing. I think that's why we're so hamstrung in, in thinking about names because our history says that they have to buy an unemployed manager, and maybe it's not the case. Maybe Palace do go and tease someone out from who's currently in a role. You know, maybe they go go to Fulham and go to Marco Silva and say, you know, hello, mate. You know, I know you're at Fulham, standing in front of your nice shiny new stand, but how much? How do you fancy but, coming to a, a bigger club in Crystal Palace? But that's something I say is not now. Harsh, by the way, I didn't mean that. No, you know, you know, but I mean, it's, it's not now. I think that's for the summer. Mm. I think let's back Roy, let's invest in the squad as far as you can do in January with the the giving him that ammunition that's needed to get us over the line, and then let's build from there. Like, like I, I look at Wolves, right, and I think they are a good parallel for Crystal Palace now. They recognise there's a situation with the uh, fair play dynamic. They've backed someone not who wanted to invest further and further and further in Lopetegui. Well, that's the thing, bro. They switched to Gary O'Neill. Well, no, but they didn't know, brother. Lopetegui, what his name was, left Wolves in the summer because he wasn't backed in the transfer window. And then that's... people are saying, oh, yeah, Palace should go for him. Well, why not? Do you go I mean. for Palace if you're not backed at Wolves? But that's what I mean. So they, their dynamic is they've realised that that's not going to work. They've gone for someone who, Gary O'Neill, doesn't just care about what's on the pitch. He's talking about the strategy staying in line with fair play, but then building the club from there on with that. 
dynamic. So, so that's a conservative approach. That's why I think Crystal Palace needs someone like Gary O'Neill who would be on board with Dougie and Parrish and others in let's buy those players who are up and come in, let's invest in the squad in that way, which is what they've done for the last few years, but then be able to do that forward looking piece with them. Whereas obviously with Roy, there's not that long term plan because he is here to do a job and you know, he doesn't need to be working forevermore. So I think that's the kind of mix we need, but I think we don't need it now. I think we need it we need it at the right time. Which is the summer. Which I'd say is which the summer. Is yeah, no, I, I agree with Robert. I think that's the time for development. That's the time to look at making wholesale changes in terms of playing staff as well as management. Can we get another pint in there? Because this was lovely. I want to get another pint. I, I, think, I think we need to wrap up the pod as well. Right, let's I, do that. I think people are probably uh, tiring. But also, thank you to those that have been asking where the pod's been. Ben Charlesworth, Tom McDonald, Barry Bergurifan, um, to name a few. I know there was a few on Instagram as well that have written in, a few on Twitter or X as well, saying when's the next pod going to be. Um, yeah, look, we did say last time we did a pod that we do it more regularly. Didn't happen. Well, that was December. This is January, so you know, month, monthly, staying consistent. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, at least one a month. But no, look, um, appreciate the support. Appreciate the comments and, and questions coming in still. Um, again, we haven't answered so many questions that yet. We try to work those questions that have come in into our general conversation and make them points on Matthew's notes page on his phone. That's to be fair, things. most of the questions that we get are where do we go from here? And I think that's a. It's we've a had sense. new manager questions. We've had we've had who should be starting questions. We've, we've had Henderson versus Johnson that we haven't touched on, but we can go into that another but time. They're all sensible questions at this point in time. I think at Palace, we need some positivity. So let's hope that we can get some stuff done in the next few weeks such that by the time of the 30th of Jan the Sheffield United game it's a very different look yeah. and feel to Palace and it's hope therefore that we've got something to get behind and we can push on um, at Six Point Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as always um, and also as always Up the Palace The Six Pointer Podcast Up the Palace